1: Spend my dollar. It's not about what you want. It's about what you're willing to do to get it. Run it again. Hello and welcome. I'm not going to, so quit asking. When you give me a hard time. For the listeners that didn't get to go. This is the payback. Alabama wins. (laughs) What you did last year really doesn't matter. Our goal is to have the kind of team that nobody wants to play. Hi. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Alabama Football Podcast. And Alabama fans have, we got a treat for you. We are interviewing Landon Young, who is with the maroonandwhitenation.com website. He also is a co-host on the Cowbell Off Campus podcast, and uh, he's part of the Fansighted network as well. And uh, we're able to post a great deal of our content on Fansighted, so uh, sort of partners in crime. Uh, if you will. It is a phenomenal interview. We step through uh, Mississippi State, all the different positions uh, as we do in our interviews. And I think we get some real candid feedback about Mississippi State, where they have experienced success, where they've had some injuries, and where they have struggled. And uh, we connect a little dot, connect a couple dots between uh, where some injuries have potentially influenced uh, their style of style of play. Uh, especially in the Kentucky game. And there were some sour feelings, I think, across Mississippi State uh, with that Kentucky loss. Uh, I think there was an expectation that they were going to compete more aggressively against Kentucky. And frankly, I expected that too, uh, especially with Will Levis, the uh, Kentucky quarterback, coming back from injury, and there still be some question there. uh, And, in fact, he was injured again in that game. Nonetheless, nonetheless phenomenal conversation with landon with the maroon and white nation and uh, i'm gonna stop rambling and hand it off to the interview go hey welcome back alabama fans and have we got a treat for you we have landon young with maroon and white nation co-host on the cowbell off campus podcast and a fellow brother in the fan-sided network landon thanks for joining us tonight of course guys anytime Fantastic. Well, hey, let's jump in. And, uh, you know, maybe a little bit of uh, how where what how would you characterize uh, or how would fans characterize the state of the program? I heard your opening rant uh, in your podcast and it's a little bit not excited. And, uh, and then I think Mark Leach, uh, Mark Leach was a little testy in some of his uh, latest sort of sequence of interviews. How would you position or characterize the state of the program?
0: Yeah, Mike Leach is always going to be that way in any sort of interviews. You're not going to get much out of him if you're talking football. If you're not talking football, you can get a lot out of him. But, <laughs> no, I, I think uh, around the fan base, yeah, you can, you can of course, tune into our podcast, the last Cowboy Off Campus podcast that we did. Man, it was it was probably the longest we've ranted about our team this season just because we knew it was coming. We said it before the season. Mike Leach is always the guy that he'll drop a game he's not supposed to drop. He'll win a game he's not supposed to win, and this was definitely one of those games he wasn't supposed to drop, and we went to Lexington and laid an egg. There was nothing that we did on Saturday night that we can really point to and go, wow, we did really good in that area of the game. No, there was, there was nothing. I mean, and throw in special teams. We had a four yard punt on Saturday versus Kentucky. So it was, nothing was clicking. Um, Mike Leach alluded to having a rough week of practice uh, in his press conference after the game. Apparently that really matters. <laughs> and that's a coaching issue. So um, uh, you gotta, you gotta get your guys ready at least one of those days, Monday through Friday, you've got five days to do it. So that's how, that's how a lot of the fans are reacting right now.
1: No, that's fair. Uh talk about, you know, Will Rogers, uh, number one quarterback in so many of the SEC stats, uh, has already set some all time records. Uh, but this season he leads the conference in attempts, completions, percent, touchdowns, yards, uh, yards per game. And and given his frequency throwing the ball, uh, his uh proportionally his sacks and interceptions are are, I would say, really low as well. Uh what makes Will so special?
0: Will's a great quarterback. Um he he's I mean, he's second behind Dak Prescott in many Mississippi State fans' opinion. Um he's he's been the guy that once he gets going, he gets going. And that's what it takes. Um Saturday that didn't happen. I alluded to it uh, today in our podcast of we, he had a drive. The first drive of the game had a drop pass that he hit our running back in the hands and the running back had 15 yards ahead of him. And I really think that would have jump started things, Mm -hmm. but he dropped it and we punted. And uh, that, that is really what Mike Leach's offense does anyways, but that's what Will Rogers does too, is once he gets going, he can do it. And, He's known as like the dink and dunk guy, right? The whole country knows that he he does the little 2-yard pass, the 3-yard pass that maybe gets some yards after the catch, but there's been times this season where he's really shown his his ability to pass the ball downfield. And um when he when he does that, it's like he adds another balance to the offense and then the dink and dunks open and the run is open and and the deep ball's open. So it's it's yeah. it's when he can look downfield that he really starts to make a difference. And unfortunately, I think Kentucky kind of figured that out. And they started blitzing a lot. They had a lot of blitz packages that they threw in there on Saturday and that they were getting to will and only allowing the dink and dunk pass.
1: You know, I remember the twenty twenty season and uh it was y'all's last visit to uh to Tuscaloosa. And I didn't, if I remember correctly, KJ Costillo was a transfer. He started, uh, I think he was knocked out of the game. And uh, this freshman came in, and, and that was a really good season for Alabama. And so we were not being good hosts uh, to the Bullies. <laughs> no. And this freshman came in, and I thought, boy, it's about to be a real long day. Uh, but he was impressive. I thought he played well, uh, you know, against the odds, certainly the circumstances. And although this guy might have a chance to really develop into something, and he really has. Uh, and it's been certainly fun to watch, you know, uh, from, from a distance. Let's talk about the stable of wide receivers there in Mississippi State. Uh, you know, I'm just playing from stats, but I see six different receivers with 20 plus catches, uh, each of them with more than 200 yards. You know, that's maybe a function of throwing the ball, the air rate, throwing it all over the field. Who were the couple of the staples in the uh, in the attack?
0: Great question. It's the deepest wide receiver group Mississippi State has had, I believe, ever. Definitely in my lifetime. Um, I, I, I've never seen the depth at this position group like it is right now. But if I had to point to two guys, which they didn't get their touches like this past Saturday, but if I had to point to two guys, it'd be Ra Ra Thomas and Caleb Ducking. And typically, one of those guys has a really big game and uh, kind of draws the – the other one will draw the defense to him. Uh, So, it's – they go back and forth on who is the best wide receiver right now, a part of that group. Now, you've got guys like Austin Williams as well, who's just very consistent. Um, Will Rogers and Austin Williams are roommates, and they have this chemistry that works really well, especially in the red zone. Uh, well, uh, Austin Williams seems to be Will Rogers guy if he's inside the 10 yard line, but there's, there's a, there's a lot of guys. I mean, I could spout off a lot of Tulu Griffin, Rufus Harvey, Xavier Thomas. There's, there's several that could, that are, that get their touches.
1: <clears throat> talk about, talk about, uh, ducking a little bit. He's six, five has seven touchdowns on the season. Uh, is he sort of at that, uh, first down marker going for the, the high ball in the, uh, in the end zone, how was how he utilized with that frame?
0: Absolutely. He, he He's going for the high ball in the end zone. He's the perfect guy to throw to in the corner of the end zone. He, I mean, he's the, he's your fade. He, he's he's the guy to go to. And um, he's a transfer from a junior college in Mississippi. Yep. And it's his last year, and we're kind of disappointed because you know, we get him one year, and, and we're like, wow, that dude, if he could have been here a couple years before, he could have done something really special. But, yeah, he, he's kind of been our guy.
1: It might be fun to see how he's matched up, uh, you know, around the field. Uh, you know, one of our corners, uh, Terry and Arnold's, uh, is a little bit shorter than than McKinstry, and so that might be, you know, the size uh, advantage or, or disadvantage uh, that may exist there. So that might be fun to see uh, how Ducking is moved around the field uh, to draw those one-on-one matchups with the Alabama defenders. Uh, talk to me about the tight ends. Now, last time, when uh, last season, when we played uh, Mississippi State. And uh, we had uh, an opportunity to to talk so, to with someone about, you know, the roster last year. And, uh, you know, they t- they joked that there's not a tight end on the roster. I think there was a former baseball player that had just gotten hurt. And so at that moment in time, there there literally was no tight end uh, on the roster. I swear Saturday night I saw a tight end catch the ball. But when I look at ESPN stat sheet, I, I didn't see one listed. Uh, so talk to me about the tight end situation there with State.
0: Here, here was the confusion on Saturday. Um, the announcer mentioned—I don't know if it was Jordan Rogers or not—but he he mentioned that it was the tight end that caught the ball. That was Austin Williams, who wears eighty-five. So, he, no, <laughs> no. there's not been a tight end presence uh, all year. Um, I haven't haven't really seen any sort of tight end presence. Um, I can't think of one in Mike Leach's tenure uh, at Mississippi State, really, that we've utilized well. So.
1: You know, historically, and, and, you know, over the last three or four seasons, Alabama has has gotten in the habit of running a defense that doesn't cover the tight ends. Uh, We have – we devolved. Uh, Last week we ran a a defense that didn't cover the slot receiver. Uh, But uh, uh, I figure we're in trouble with that one. You guys are going to have the slot. But uh, when you didn't have a tight end, I kind of felt good about it. So we'll see – we'll see how that goes. Uh, Let's talk about the running uh, running back position. Uh, Clearly a couple of bell cows – and they seem pretty versatile in terms of their touches, uh, running the ball as well as uh, they each have, uh, they're almost facsimiles, each with 30 receptions, 204, 205 yards. They seem to be versatile weapons in the Mississippi State attack.
0: Yeah, I. so Saturday, you probably won't see a lot of Dylan Johnson, is my guess. He got injured in the first half of the Kentucky game, and we didn't see him in the second half, which hurt. Um, Dylan Johnson's the guy that is very – how do you say this? He's the guy you're going to hand the ball off to, more so than Woody Marks, Jaquavius Marks. Um, Dylan Johnson's going to get the handoffs. He's going to be the guy that pushes forward. He's going to be the guy that picks up seven or eight rather than three or four on the inside handoff. And it's going to be tough without him. On Saturday. I, I can't confirm that yet, but he was confirmed injured in, on Saturday's game versus Kentucky. So uh, Woody Marks is going to be the guy that catches that dink and dunk pass out of the backfield. Um, Woody Marks led our re- receiving core in receptions this past Saturday versus Kentucky. So he's. He's the guy that's very quick. If he gets out in open space and gets some flat ahead of him, he's going to turn on the jets. Um, he's he's a very fast running back, but not having Dylan Johnson could really hurt us, uh, especially because Mac- Mike Leach has moved to this two back system, yep. lining up in the shotgun with Dylan Johnson and Woody Marks back there with him. And that's almost worked better for our running game because one goes out in front of the other and blocks and that has worked tremendously well against Texas A&M and Arkansas that we we didn't know that we could run the ball on so well, but we did.
1: If uh, if Dylan's a no-go uh, and you've got a formation there that's working, uh, plus just reps across the game, uh, who do you think steps in and, and takes some of those snaps?
0: Simeon Price. Simeon Price is that other guy. He's, he's really fit for that package. Um, he's probably a better blocker than Woody Marks is, when it comes to pass plays, uh, I, I would, if I were Mike Leach, I would throw Simeon Price back there if we're running a down the field pass play to block for Will Rogers. So uh, definitely Simeon Price, and really he, he he's kind of right there with Woody Marks, Dylan Johnson of starting to get more and more touches every game. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.
1: Talk about the, uh, the offensive line. It looks like it's a little bit of a rebuild offensive line with a couple of uh uh transfers manning <clears throat> the guard and center spots and then one of those fellows uh sharp may be out with injury He'll let you give us an update if you have it there uh but talk about the offensive line uh who's who's the big one to uh, to run behind in a critical short yardage situation
0: so we've got uh Nick Jones on the left <laughs> side actually replaced <laughs> Dalla Bill on on that side, and uh, Dollar Bill came back this past game versus Kentucky, and they both played. Uh, Dollar Bill was playing on the inside, and Nick Jones on the outside, and both of those guys are have proven to be solid offensive linemen, especially with the loss of Charles Cross uh, to the NFL first first round draft pick. So. Uh that was a that was an area of the game where we thought that we might really struggle and it had the left side hasn't been so bad all season. So um look out look out for Nick Jones and Dollar Bill both on that left side.
1: What about the uh, the center? Is 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 am I saying this right? Uh Sharp, is he still out? What's the injury situation there? Do you think?
0: I can't confirm. Yeah. Mike Leach's press conferences are just—he doesn't even like a tell us. You get nothing. You get nothing. Injury reports—you know, coming into it, you might as well not even ask because you're not going to get a thing from Mike Leach on the injury report. But um, I would expect not to see him on Saturday.
1: Is that a concern that center is a uh, sort of a critical position uh, i Alabama mean it, has, has struggled at uh, at that position as well uh what's your thought if uh, sharp doesn't is unable to go
0: it looked that way in the second half of kentucky that we should probably be a little concerned it just the running i say that but we didn't try to run the ball much um we only had 10 carries on saturday and we 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 weren't trying to get back to what we were doing against arkansas and texas a&m the two weeks before but I maybe that was because Mike Leach didn't trust the backup coming in for LeQuinston Sharp. So uh, definitely a concern.
1: Let's flip the field and uh, talk about defense. Looks like State's running a, a 3-3-5. Uh, what are some of the features there of uh, that defensive alignment? That seems to be a more and more popular style uh, sort of with the offensive evolution.
0: Yeah, it's unique. I like it. Um, Zach Arnett has come in and transformed how Mississippi State plays defense and they do a lot of movement before the play gets started. They are moving around all kinds of stuff to try to confuse the offense, and a lot of times it works. Now, if if I were Alabama and Nick Saban, I'm I'm running the ball up the gut over and over and over again because. on saturday kentucky kind of proved that we've got some holes in that defensive line and linebacker position and you know I, i went into that game thinking that that was where we would win the ball game is in the trenches especially on the defensive side and we got dominated all game long uh kentucky's offensive line was pushing our defensive line around and linebackers couldn't get the first tackle couldn't get on the first touch and it, it, we struggled. So um, expect the defensive line – I mean, the linebackers and everything to move around and try to make some confusion happen. But uh, also, if I were Alabama, I, would, I wouldn't I would try anything crazy. I'd try to keep it simple.
1: You know, Jet, jo- uh, Jet Johnson and Nathaniel Watson, what are your lead, two leading tacklers uh, in the linebacker spots? You know, for measure, Watson's put up some sacks, interception, forced f- fumbles. They seem to be very active. Uh, sometimes that might be a function of – the defensive lineman, you know, sort of occupying space. Uh, would, was that an issue maybe against Kentucky or or, or was it maybe just something else? I,
0: I don't know that I can blame it on that. I think it was much more of just not showing up to a road game in Lexington. And uh, this is – I'm not sure if Alabama fans would know this, but we haven't won in Lexington since Dak Prescott's 2014 number one team. Okay. Uh, so it, it's been hard for us to go up there and win. But – Bookie Watson so Nathaniel Watson everybody calls him Bookie Watson. Bookie Watson has been a uh he's been he's been showing out this this whole season. He's he's been a guy that we didn't really know of until this season and he's definitely made a name for himself. Uh Jet Johnson we knew of. We knew he led the team in tackles last year and he's currently leading the team in tackles again and he's playing a great season. Uh Saturday just didn't look as great against a hefty running back and Chris Rodriguez from Kentucky but um he, he's. I mean, if 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 we just mark out what happened Saturday, and then you asked me that question last week, I'd say, yeah. I mean, look out for Jet Johnson and Bookie Watson. Those are two guys that are going to make plays. They're going to make the tackle in open field, and they're the leaders of the defense.
1: Talk about the safeties. They seem pretty active as well. Jackie Matthews, Colin Duncan, uh, Jalen Green. Only a couple sacks between them, but uh, they all have uh, pass deflections. That that tells me maybe they're. I mean, they're safeties, but they're playing back as maybe as as opposed to forward, Uh, and a couple interceptions and uh, forced fumbles across them. How do you rate your safeties?
0: Again, I would have rated them pretty high until this past weekend. But, again, uh, there's been times every game this season where you get guys like from LSU quarterback Jaden Daniels who's running around making plays happen, and then you've got guys like uh, the – the backup quarterback for Arkansas, uh, Malik Hornsby, I believe is his name. He came in and was making plays last longer, and receivers were getting open downfield. So um, I, I mentioned this on today's podcast. I am afraid of teams who can throw the ball deep because it looks like we're going to get beat a lot of the times, even with safeties and corners. Uh I, I don't know if you're planning on mentioning it, mentioning it, but Emmanuel Forbes having a great season. Um, he, he's he's broken records, done all kinds of stuff, but he he is definitely able to get beat uh, going downfield.
1: You know, I was gonna do. Uh, I was gonna. I was all ready to do the deep plunge uh, on Emmanuel Forbes. Five interceptions, seven pass deflections, two touchdowns. You look at his stat line so far this season. Uh, he's a junior compared to his uh, earlier seasons, and he's just on a rocket trajectory to have a phenomenal season. Uh, and it was like the lifeguard blowing the whistle because there's lightning in the area on your podcast today. You guys weren't so all in on uh, uh, Emmanuel Forbes. So, so what's the dish there?
0: Look, so he's got great hands. Uh, the guy is setting records for – Pick sixes. He's he's tied the SEC record for pick sixes. Um, he's he's unbelievable when it comes to making plays when he gets the ball. Um, against Texas A&M, if you go back and watch that game, he had an interception pick six that I don't know how he managed to stay in bounds and take off running and get in the end zone, but he did. And he's he's an impressive, athletic player. I believe the kid could play any sport he wanted to. Um, he's he's just very athletic. That said, he got beat over and over again on Saturday, um, versus Kentucky. So, it's it's hard to say. I, I think he's impressive, um, but I, I also think that um, he's he is susceptible to the deep ball. That said, he's our best corner.
1: Very good. Has um, I have to ask the obligatory Alabama question: uh, Is Marcus Banks seeing any run? And
0: not not much at all. I mean, it, he's out there, but he's not. He's not making plays like we thought he might. So,
1: we uh, Alabama fans uh, lament his <laughs> his midseason uh, entering the portal and and transferring. Uh, we try to wish him well, but uh, uh, boy, late last season, very late last season, we could have we could have used a corner, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and he would have been in the rotation. He would have started. So, uh, so uh, I hate that uh, he transferred and maybe isn't. Hey,
0: and i'll i'll say this about marcus banks a lot of times with corners whenever you don't hear their name a lot that yeah. means they're doing a great job yep. so i'll say this i haven't heard his name a lot but maybe that's just because he's playing great defense
1: <laughs> <laughs> that could be i i used that line on uh on our podcast this week uh, i didn't hear a lot of talk about our corners corners had a really good day uh it was our safeties that uh uh that really sort of dinged us up but uh let me get you out of here on uh you know two two sort of easy fun questions uh uh favorite bulldog uh this team all time dealer's choice
0: Hmm. that is a great question i'm weird when it comes to this stuff because i like i like picking out these weird players that i just enjoyed watching play um I I really enjoyed watching Jonathan Abram play. He's a he's a safety that now plays for the Oakland Raiders. He he was something else and he would hit harder than any safety that I've seen come across Mississippi State and I'm a sucker for big hits so yeah. he, he he was one of my favorite to watch play.
1: Definitely a good one. Uh when I show my age a little bit, one of my favorite uh, Bulldogs to watch play and it was like an it was a it was a, it represents a whole era of of football. Uh, in my mind, you know, back in the Jackie Sherrill days, Julie Dunn defense, a lot of Thursday. It seems like seems like my my memory tells me every Mississippi State game was a Thursday night. It was, it was a they lot. They weren't all, but there was plenty of them. Uh, but Fred Smoot, one of the corners, yeah. uh, locking down Robert Bean on the other side. Boy, that was that was a really good. Uh, that was a really good defense. Uh, some really good Mississippi State teams, and I remember I don't know who was calling the game. But uh, uh, they said, if you're a high school quarterback, you just need to drive yourself to Starkville because this team has the defense ready to win a national title. They just <laughs> need somebody that can throw the ball because yeah. there wasn't a lot of really good ones back then uh, in Starkville, but boy, that defense was quite something else.
0: Yeah, he was. He was awesome. He was a, he was a big time smack talker.
1: Yes. Yes. A lot of fun. <laughs> uh, how about, uh, let me ask you this. I'm, I'm going to take it off the football field. i went to the basketball court. What are your thoughts? Uh, I'll share a little story with you, but uh, what are your thoughts on Chris Jans' uh, new basketball coach?
0: We're excited. the The feeling in Starkville is very a- anticipation. I guess is the best word for it. it is, is every every fan that has enjoyed Mississippi State basketball in the past is anticipating this season because. Um, we're, we're, we're even hearing stuff from practices that this team's going to be a whole lot faster than they were last year. And this yeah. team has no other option, but to get better just from seeing practices that Chris Jans has been running. So I know I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I love Mississippi state basketball. I'm hoping that the hump is, is starting to be packed again, just like it was back in the early two thousands.
1: No, that's awesome. Uh, I definitely am excited and rooting for Chris Jans. Uh it was a couple of years ago. It may have been, it wasn't the 2020 season, it may have been 2019 uh season. Uh Alabama was hosting New Mexico State. And uh, of course, you know how that game's gonna go. And so sitting at uh sitting at a bar, you know, ordering some food, watching uh watching a little college football, and uh gentleman sits down uh and uh right there next to me uh at the bar, uh orders a drink, and you strike up a conversation just like you do. And so we ended up talking, uh, 20, 30 minutes and, and he's talking about Alabama and just the fans. And, uh, then he mentions, I, I said, well, you know, kind of, where are you from? He goes, well, I came in with the group, uh, from, uh, New Mexico state. And I was like, oh, that's just phenomenal. Yeah. You know, we appreciate you, you know, you coming. And then he starts asking, you know, Hey, what's my thoughts on Nate Oates and how I like the basketball team. And, <laughs> and, um, uh, I don't know who I'm talking to, but, you know, 45 minutes, an hour later, you know, I, I started asking a couple of questions because, gosh, he seems to know a lot. And he goes, well, you know, I actually coach the basketball team at uh, New Mexico State. So I'm with <laughs> our athletic sort of group here. And uh, I thought that's amazing. Uh, very down to earth guy. Incredibly friendly. Uh, That's my one exposure to him, but damn, nice guy. Just, I want to root for him now. So there's a a Christian story. How about that?
0: You gave him all the info he needed to go into Tuscaloosa. That's
1: right. He was, uh, he was, (laughs) he was ready. So fantastic.
0: That's awesome.
1: Landon, we appreciate you tonight, taking some time out of your schedule and uh, walking us through uh, some headline uh, topics for Mississippi state. Uh wish you guys well. Not not so well maybe on Saturday, but you know, going into the bye, the balance of the season. We're rooting hard for you guys against Georgia and Ole Miss and, <laughs> and inside Auburn, right? So some of those uh some of those shared opponents uh will be rooting hard for the Bulldogs uh on those upcoming weeks. Thanks again for joining us tonight. Awesome. Thank you, man. And we're back. Thanks, Alabama fans, for tuning in to the interview. Uh, I told you that was gonna be a pretty good one, and uh I certainly enjoyed it. Uh, You know what? It's been a little bit my fault and it's been a little bit unfortunate. We have not done as many of these interviews this season as we had aspired to and certainly as we had done uh, last year. And uh, it's been a little bit of misfortune, just scheduling conflicts. And then I've been a little bit of source uh, on those conflicts. Uh, I had a couple of vacation weeks uh, during the season, uh, perhaps for planning on my side. And then we've had uh, a couple of sites I won't call anybody out in terms of teams. Uh, but We've had a couple of sites that we reached out to, and uh, and we didn't get any response back. And anyway, we have some scheduling, and then uh, so here we are. But we do have uh, Mississippi State uh, again. Hopefully, uh, everyone enjoyed that interview. And uh, going into the bye week, uh, I'm going to sort of self scout right uh, my process, and we're going to take a look at how we beef up interviews. Uh, through the rest, uh, the remaining duration of the season. And uh, certainly look forward to that. Again, hope you enjoyed the interview. I love telling my Chris Chris Jan story, and uh, I had an opportunity to tell it again. And so that was just awesome. Uh, hope, hopefully you enjoyed that. If you've not heard that one before, a uh, great deal of fun. And uh, if you enjoy these interviews, if you enjoy the podcast and golly, she, golly uh, gosh, and golly uh, together, if you're still listening now, then, uh, uh, presumptively, you do. Uh, head on out to the, the iTunes or wherever you download and leave us a review. We like the five stars, but we like the candid reviews, uh, help us uh, get better. And the good reviews and the good rankings and the good ratings and all of that stuff, uh, help us, uh, help people find us and it helps us in the rankings and ratings and, and such like that. And so, that's a real easy way if you enjoy what we're doing, uh, to support the show. And there's a lot of other options and opportunities to support the show head over to uh, alabamafootballpodcast.com our website Uh, hit us up on twitter join the zoom calls all sorts of ways uh to engage and enjoy and we love every bit of that all right with that this has been another edition of the alabama football podcast roll tide thanks for listening to the alabama football podcast we love that you're tuned in and hope that you enjoyed the show we encourage you to reach out and let us know what you like, where we can improve, or just a shout out a Roll Tide. We are where you are. iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, email newsletters, T-shirts, free roster downloads, and, of course, on the web at alabamafootballpodcast.com. Check us out where you'll find easy links to your favorite way to follow the Tide. Got that, Coach? Of course. Roll Tide.